I have finally figured out what the pre-flight is. It's not for me. It's for you. <laughs> no, it's 100% for you. <laughs> actually, I figured it out. It's actually 100% for you. How I already know everything that's in the pre-flight. It's me communicating mm-hmm. that to you that is the function of that segment. Mm-hmm. I think it's... Uh, I'm only partially joking. I think it's a version of the... Uh, not checklist manifesto. We don't need to call it that. It's checklist. It's the kind of thing a surgeon does. It's the kind of thing that a good podcaster does. I'm not checking things off. The checklist would be, is my microphone plugged in? Have I started recording? Is well, the, do you imagine you know, that I can't see the notes where, where you've, 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 you've written up under this week? You, added, you started adding this new section called This Week, which I assume is for you. I know. That's for, for the Bennett. That's so that you have a visual aid for the pre-flight. You did. <laughs> that's your deck. It's your deck. Yeah. I do that. I would like to see better transitions from you, but we'll talk about that once we onboard mm-hmm. you. Get you your PC. <laughs> mm-hmm. You like you like a ThinkPad? You like a red nipple? No, I don't like mm. the nubbin. I uh, saw something in uh, messages from you. You're trying to do uh, trying to uh, take I'm trying content to make, out of the show. I'm I'm trying to make uh, make fourth anniversary happen. Hey, what is what is? Explain yourself. Explain your message that you sent me. What you're talking about? Oh, look at the uh, look at the date. Are the dates added? And I I assume that it is the you know for something, but I want what are you what is this about? Oh, I I like music, and mm-hmm. uh, I find myself more and more often listening to music, and sort of increasing my budget for music. Well, this is not like part. It's not an effort, or it's not like a project, but like um, uh, if you think of your time as a pie, my waking hour pie. Mm-hmm. Please capture that. Um, my waking hour pie. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm borrowing from. I don't know if I'm borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. I think I'm borrowing from Andrew to pay Luke. You know, basically, uh, I think that uh, you're borrowing from Andrew to pay Luke. Isn't Andrew wasn't Andrew? Or am I thinking of uh, the Ve- the Veep's uh, husband? Uh, I think Andrew. Andrew was a disciple, wasn't he? All right, if you say so. Well, let's do it. Do it together. You got you got Simon. You got Simon. Peter, and Peter. Paul, and Mary. Right? Yeah. No. Yep. Peter, Paul, and Mary. Yep. 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 Puff. And uh, out of my uh, extant waking hour, what is it? Oh, thank you. My waking hour pie. Um, my, I, find, I find myself, which is a phrase I, I find myself using, I find myself spending less time on some things and more time on other things. And I don't know if I'm just having um, what, what Freud uh, via Woody Allen calls a latent period, but I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of like, uh, new podcasts come out of them, I'm always like, Ugh. And I was like, Ugh, I don't know, man. There's just, I've had it with the information. I've had it with the news. I need a big break. And and um, and music just keeps on giving. I really do like it. And so anyway, long story short. So, you know, I'm in Spotify like a lot of the time. And I was just adding some new entries to a playlist of mine. I got a playlist called uh, uh, Pretty Maids. And that, that's probably a weird title. If people see like my kid, for example, doesn't know Mother Goose. I've tested my kid. My kid does not know Mother Goose. If I say pretty maids, do you know what that means? Only because you've explained it to me on podcast before. Oh, well, they're all in a row. The implied part is the in a row. You know, pretty maids all in a row, right? Mm-hmm. I don't remember how it starts. I'm not a scholar. But mm-hmm. uh, but I'm a pretty maids playlist, and a pretty maids playlist is a list of um, con- consecutive, contiguous, consecutive tracks. Consecutive. Con- yeah. We were just in a hotel where they 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 referred to the door between our two rooms as uh, I think they called it like a continuity portal or something. It was really odd. 
And let's just say if there's a fire alarm, just so you know, if you happen to be in Folsom, California, staying staying at the Hyatt, mm-hmm. and there's a uh, and there's a fire alarm because people were smoking weed on the fourth floor at two thirty a.m. Um, if if you if your door is latched and you go out through the continuity portal, uh, just so you know, they don't have any way of opening that till the next day. Yeah, you gotta make sure Bluetooth's on there, or it won't work. You gotta get it enabled, and then you have to like power cycle it, probably. Yeah. Um, consecutive songs that at least in my estimation because it really is all my estimation is that like when the song comes on you got to play the next one right and there's examples of that like i think the maybe the best known one is we will rock you we are the champions but like in your head do you ever like you know you like music do you ever do the thing where um i mean think about the way your your record the needle hits the grooves and you hear that weird sound of tape starting and it goes rip two three four and like you're anticipating that in your mind and then like you i don't know what the next song is it's not out of control that's later but like how your brain anticipates oh that's what you were trying to do okay i'm with you well i don't know i'm not gonna pick up my guitar john yeah it's hard to hard to imitate the you gotta you gotta get the echo man uh pedal on there yeah, so if you weren't, another person who's not you might have called these some kind of name involving the word twin instead of pretty maid. But they're not you know twins, because first of all, twins are creepy. I don't, that's can't what I'm saying. Yeah, that's why you didn't call it that, but they could have been like, you know, beautiful twins. Or it's not, You can't do that with a, you know. A lot, a lot of effects. He's got a lot of effects going on. Well, you know, with, a lot of reverb. Oh, you, think, of, you think he wrote it on acoustic guitar with the, the effects on? He's got his... Know, Reverbium. What the hell was the name of that? Was it Echo Man? What was the yeah, name of yeah, his that, Echo that's, Box? Yeah, that's a kind. That's an. I think that's an analog. No, he had Echo. a specific one. I'm going to look this up in a second. But quick real time follow up. You write about Andrew. I don't know. Remember Andrew? You got Simon Peter. You got Andrew, which is his brother. Can I, can I keep going? Yeah, I'm going to finish Paul, this up. But, but uh, and you got Paul John, John, okay, Philip, Bartholomew, okay. Thomas, and Matthew, James, James, uh, Simon, and uh, good old Judas. Oh right. The, yeah, the black sheep, Judas, and um, and so whenever I stumble across things that, in my estimation, represent songs that you, you got to play the next one, you know, mm-hmm. um, they go on the pretty maids list. So I just did that with three songs from the great Canadian band Flashing Lights. And while I was there, of course, the very one of the very first ones and, and the album art for it is uh, is churches. And then I ended up, I saw, oh, I, I found, forgot about this playlist I have from four years ago this week. That's called. Was it, is it Churches Syracuse Likes? Is that what it's called? Yeah. I don't, have it, I don't have it in front of me. How did you come up with this list? Uh, you, you've, you've gifted me music ideas several times, but two that come to mind are that there was the one where you sent me some mashups that you like. And um, mm-hmm. I still have those in my Apple Music, hopefully. Um, and the other one was you suggested you, I, I don't remember how it came about, but. I, I don't I don't know how I remember how it came about at all, except that I'd heard you and probably Snell, as usual, having one of your pissing contests about who who invented liking something. Um, but you you told me uh, for four tracks uh, at some point that you recommended. You might have texted it to me. All right. Yeah, no, I, my my uh does my that, love of churches has expanded since then. Of course they put out new albums. The what is it? Yeah. Screen violence, that album, uh, really, really good. I got a lot John, of John, uh, John, I'm writing a book on good. how to stay conscious when you drown. Yeah, no, is that a great I mean, line? What a great it's line! It's a high hit rate. How many songs do I have here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight tracks from Screen Violence graduated to the three plus stars playlist. Is that the one, the Robert Smith song, the Robert that that out the, the like kind of latest album with 
Like a, it's got like a, it's got like a, like a phone booth, and she's in a raincoat or something. Is it that? Oh, no, that, the cover's that, got that a video? big red. No, the video. The cover's got a big red screen. People on don't it. listen to albums horror, anymore. Horror movies and how it relates to being a star. Horror. I'm gonna That's look at churches. The bones of what you believe. I click. I go to churches. Churches. I have forty-seven liked songs. Now, at some point, Spotify changed the thing. Or it used to be when you when you when you hearted a green hearted a record, it did this weird thing where it would heart all the songs. It doesn't it didn't used to have a sense of albumness versus multiple songness. So I got I got a little bit of pollution in there from when like whole albums got selected, but that was a good pick for me. That's I'm it's it's not quite up to leftovers level, but that was a good recommendation. So do, you, do you not have you not listened to Screen Violence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listened to it when it came out, and I, I got kind of obsessed with um, the the Conscious When You Drown song. Yep, How Not to Drown. Yep, that's on that's on my list of the three pluses. Lots of good songs from that. Oh, speaking of which, uh, we're gonna talk, we might end up talking about a three and a half star movie for you tonight. All right, uh, Memory Man. The Edge's Echo Pedal was called Memory Man. The deluxe. Who makes Memory it? Man. Is that Memory, the brand that's, name? That's a great name for a for a guitar pedal made in the seventies. Memory Man. Oh, the it was a golden age of great names. Of course, the most famous probably the Big Muff. Um, I I had a rat pedal. Actually, my my mute my mute ah ah ah. That's made by the same company that made my rat pedal. Um, same looks exactly like the same. That's a distortion pedal for electric guitar. Um, yeah, it was, it was a golden age. But Churches is really good, and it's it's interesting. Like if you watch like their I want to say like their Tiny Desk concert or really any of their concerts. It's kind of amazing. Like it's really fun, given that it's like two guys playing keyboard, a very, very, very small Scottish woman, and I assume loops and samples and stuff. But it's a pretty good live performance. I would see them live. What, what else did I have? Anything else to to bug you about? Flashing lights are from Canada. Music. I made one about the old ninety sevens. Have you watched the Guardians of the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special yet? I have not. I've seen people talk about it. Okay. I don't even know. Is that I'm assuming it's on Disney Plus? Yeah. Yeah, it went up the other day. Um, but we got a lot to talk about here. One thing I, I we should mention, do you want to take this or shall I take a swing? We have don't we want to tell people about the big sale? Oh, sure. Yeah. Will this will this come out in time for people to take advantage of it? Yes, I checked. Okay. My new do you see my new thing under production notes? We really need to work on this document. I have a new thing under production notes where, where it helps it's gonna help me to remember what date this actually comes out. All right. So, so this will come out on March sixteenth of twenty twenty seven. If Jim, Jim, you know, it's not Jim's fault. He's not the gating factor, as mm-hmm. you say. It's a complicated um, system. So, well, and then of course it'll be a while before you can get your member episode. But you know, that's not really my decision. The um, hello, um, we are part of the the relay FM, as they like to call it. The 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 dot is silent. <laughs> I, I like it when you zoom back. Earth, solar system, Milky Way galaxy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I, re- I rewatched Rogue One last night, and they were on Yavin. Yavin 5? Mm-hmm. 4? 3? 2? Stop me when I hit it. <laughs> That's one of the Yavin. Touch, touch sure. your nose if it's Yavin. Um, but it's anyway, fun. here we are in Spain, and uh, we're part of uh, the, the Relay Network, who make podcasts and stuff and wallpaper. And, uh, and here's the thing that you should know is that uh, the, the whole network, including your pal John and myself, make uh, some of our money from you guys giving us money. We get some money from sponsors. That's not, not the, the, the easy winner it used to be. 
the the sponsorship stuff. Yeah, I blame Elon Musk. We'll talk about that in a minute. But anyhow, um, if you, if you let's put it this way, we got a sale. You go to give. Oh, sorry. Oh, I almost blew it. Right. You got to go to w w w. This the dot is silent, and then you uh-huh. go to giverelay.com. That dot is pronounced. Mm-hmm. And uh, what you can do is you can go there and you can get an annual subscriber plan for 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 twenty uh, percent off through uh, December seventeenth, which is eight days from uh, today as this comes out. And now, what does that get you? Special stuff for one program? Do you pick one program? Do you know how it works? Have you gone through it? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you get all I, the usual stuff you get usually, but like, do you, do you go in and say like, oh, hey, I want Rectifs to be the one where I get like... Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, I haven't I haven't gone through this process myself in a long time. And uh, another point of this is it's for new subscribers only. So if you're yes. already a subscriber, uh, you could buy this as a gift for somebody else who is not a Relay subscriber. Or you could buy five of them just because you like us. Mm-hmm. I was... Um, there's, there's a book about trauma that I like a lot and I talk about a lot uh, called... Um, the body keeps the score. I bought five physical copies of that for myself and my family. Mm-hmm. No one has read it. To use it to hold up pieces of furniture? What you doing with those? Oh, I, I think mainly just using it to hold down dirty clothes if my kid's room is any indication. Don't mm-hmm. go in there. Don't go in there. That's not for you, that room. Yeah, you could you could uh, take a little Sharpie to the covers and, uh, you know, to make people feel guilty about not appreciating your gifts, you could say the daddy keeps the score. Daddy keeps the score. Daddy keeps the score. I can yeah, also. I can, who who is uh, using my uh, precious gift of uh, book knowledge as a weight <laughs> for laundry, and who is reading it and nodding? Yeah, so far nobody. I could do what my grandma did. You know, you put a five dollar bill in something like like Hosea, not in one of the bangers. Like you wouldn't put it in like John mm-hmm. or Romans, because <laughs> that's. That's pretty much, you know, if, 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 my, if I understand the New Testament, the yes. idea is that you should be motivated by the chance of finding petty cash uh, into reading the gospel. Well, I mean, it's really more of a play set because what you can do is then you can cast yourself out of the temple. The child Merlin to pass through a head of a needle. Uh-huh. The eye of so, a needle, sorry, so close. not the head of a needle. So close. <laughs> it's easier for me to pass through a camel than it is for a needle. Mm-hmm. Right, you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. But the point, the point I'm trying to make is that hello is that you can go to give relay. You can go to www.giverelay.com, and if there's somebody, oh, and then the other thing was this. So over Thanksgiving, I told a family member about that book, and, and I sent them three physical copies because mm-hmm. I figure you know it is the number the number one still the number one book in psychiatry or something like that. But I figure, you know, Vander Kolk, he's Dutch. He could probably use the money. He could use the Gilders. Is it Gilders, John? Is that what they use there? Maybe. I just saw, and when I was looking on these pages for uh, real-time research for the program, a bunch of uh, auto-playing ads for the Willow television series. And for a second, I thought it was the Princess Bride. Speaking of Gilder, that's how my brain works. Oh, of Gilder. Okay, and is is Willow from that TV show I haven't watched, or is that with with the, with the small person from um, Harry Potter? It's uh, I don't know if he's from Harry Potter. He's uh, he's Wicket, the yeah. uh, Ewok. Uh, w. Wicket. Yes, and he also yeah. plays. He plays all the. He plays the Semitic uh, Gringotts uh, guy. Does he? he? Does, I guess he does. Yeah, Warwick he's also because remember then then in um, we well, you know Thanksgiving they play a lot of those on TV. Mm. You know, so we're, we're, that was on the other day. Anyway, I gave I gave some trauma books to to, to somebody. Now I, I hope that this person that she doesn't think that I'm thinking that she's extra traumatized, or is that am I is that a blessing that I'm doing that? Well, I don't think so. just she just thinks you're keeping the score. It's my way of saying I see you. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe he, uh, Vanderkolk can buy himself a new bike. The Dutch love bikes. This is a thing that I know. But you go, anyway, the point is you go to www.giverelay.com and, uh, and sign up. And, and if you would uh, consider that, we, we would appreciate it. Appre- appreciate that. How do you say it? Appreciate? So, yeah, say I saw it? some difference to the, the British side in some weird ass way. Did you, speaking of British stuff, well, hang on a second. Yeah. Keep the British stuff aside. I know we're going a lot of the stack here. I just want you to look at this uh, yeah. image. That is the uh, the Electroharmonics Deluxe Memory Man Echo Box. Oh, man. That is so badass. That oh, is exactly my. what a very, very tiny baby Edge is using. He, was, he, he probably still had half a head of hair then. Yeah, no. What's, what's good about this design, though, is like, so we're looking at a, a box. We'll, we'll find this for notes, notes, notes. Um, wow, Echo Chorus Vibrato. This was probably pretty expensive at the time. Look at that Electra Harmonics logo. I know that. they make they make they make good stuff. But <clears throat> excuse me. But the um, this is the deluxe model. What I like about this though is that the the stomp switch is away from the knobs. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, you really don't lose the feet from this thing because it would be way off balance. This is, this is before they had come up with the formula for guitar pedal form mm-hmm. factors. You know what I mean? Like this oh, doesn't yeah. look like the guitar well, they used pedal to have shape. to be bigger, John, because of electronics. Yeah. The Big Muff, which was made, I believe, in Russia, like the head for my amp by a company called Softech, I believe. But the the Big Muff, Muff was big. I also had a, I had a phaser once. Like when you think of a, a stomp box, you think of something that's like, what, like three stacked uh, packs of cigarettes about, right? Um, and um, five decks of cards, that about that size. I had a phaser that I swear to God was like eight inches across. And, and when you stomped it, boy, you knew it. It was very stompy. You loved him. Mm-hmm. I liked you too for a while. All right. So, but what, what, popping one back on the stack and keeping oh, yeah, sorry, the go. UK stuff a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, this was a recent uh, blow up, uh, recent as of the recording, a blow up controversy in uh, slacks that we're both in, but that you don't read. Uh, and mm-hmm. then also leaked onto mm-hmm. Twitter and Mastodon, which we'll talk about in a little bit, maybe. Um, someone from the UK contended. And I say contended because I have no way of confirming this. Contended that uh, the idea, well, you. Is this about soccer, word, John? If it's about no, soccer, I don't no, know. No, it is not. The word okay. in question is frown, F R O W N. Can you, can you define that word for me, please? Uh, I think so. Looking it up, a, f- just, a frown is, is generally regarded, it's a facial expression that generally is meant to, or whether you mean to frown or not, it's something that lets somebody else know that you're. You're displeased or disappointed with something, and at least in the parlance, a frown is often um, used as, as a kind of antonym for smile. As in, turn that frown upside down. What is a frown? When the corners of your mouth are drawn down below the level of your. All right, lips. now let me tell you what this this uh, this person from the UK contends. Okay, this person contends that in the UK, frown has nothing to do with the mouth. Is it with eyes? The brow. I don't know what to think of this. I haven't done that enough research. No, this person like little, is. That sounds like British gaslighting. Pulling our leg. Are they? Oh, sorry, are they I'm take, sorry, John. Petrol. They call it petrol. Are, are they taking our urine? Hmm. Hmm. They say taking the piss. Oh, <laughs> did you remove my urine? Yeah. Did they? Did they remove our urine? Frown. Not having to do with the mouth, just the brow. And then people would come back and say, but what about turn that frown upside down? Clearly, that shows that it's all about the mouth. And if you turn it upside down, it's a smile. He said, oh, I just thought that was 
that seems so absurd and you'd say it in a playful way that they're just teasing you with something absurd like no it's not absurd it's literally t-. anyway i'm i'm a little bit that it's an english fun. thing or just this one person thing? that's what i'm trying to figure out. i i have some research here so uh, i have a family member who will be visiting the uk and i will have this person okay. on a mission good talk to the people on the street and ask them can you tell me physically speaking what a frown is and right. see if they mention anything about your mouth I see. They could do a governor on the street um, interview. Yeah, you don't want to do a push poll. You don't want to say, does frown no. mean doing this with your mouth? Just say, please describe, no. physically speaking, what a frown is. No, I, I would be fine with that. Yeah, the other day, Philip Bump said the Twitter polls are to polls as friendship is to actual ships. It's not a great analogy, but it is pretty funny. I agree. Um, I think English, and I think English. <laughs> That's Irish. So the Irish do the M. <laughs> letter, the letter M. Just like you do the letter E and the word knee. Me in particular? Yeah, the letter E and then the thing that's on between your shin and your thigh. Oh, knee. The letter E. Letter E. And then the word knee. Put those e- together e- for me, please. Oh, eeny. Yeah. I can't yeah. believe that you, you there are any words you pronounce like that. No, no. That's how you say the word any. I'm sorry, it, it is. You, it must so, be an Ohio thing. So in my brain, I pronounce... Any and many as rhyming words. And what you're telling me is you hear eeny and many. You you literally say eeny. You absolutely I do. I don't say eeny. I do, do. That's not a thing that <laughs> I say. You absolutely do. Like it's an electronic knee. How, not I the, mean, like, I, I really, like, I, as your friend, I try not to deploy the things on you that you deploy on me, where I, mm-hmm. I basically become your irritation sin eater. Um, but, like, but, you know, are you sure it's not just you, man? Are you sure it's not... You're not, if only someone were recording these conversations, we could find out definitively. Yeah, but how do we know we could trust them? They might be English. Uh, Mike, we, can't Mike trust them if, we can't trust them if Alex is Mike's involved. Mike's on vacation. Sure. Well, that's for sure. But um, any way you look at it, mm-hmm. I do feel like it's two countries separated by a common language. Yep, yep. No, that, I mean, because that's why I'm saying you can't you can't say it's it's impossible because stranger things have happened. It's just uh, pretty okay. surprising Th- to me. This might be, a, not today, but this might be a Minai topic someday, is, 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 um, <laughs> now that John Roderick and I are going to talk, unpack our dreams, um, mm, maybe yeah. a good thing for us would be to talk about, like, I'm very interested in this stuff because I'm interested in stuff where, like, it took me way too long to figure out something everybody else knew about something. The example mm-hmm. I often give is a song that was popular when I was in elementary school in which the singer uh, declaimed or asked, asked the musical question, if I said you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? And my entire childhood and into probably college, I thought that meant if I said you were cute, would you be mad at me? Mm-hmm. But that's not, there's another meaning to it, John. There is. There sure is. That's a second why it's a double. meaning. Right. And we're not even talking here about seeing the arrow and the FedEx logo. Um, but like, for example, <clears throat> I'm sorry, for, for a lot of my adult life, I have a popcorn kernel stuck in my throat. And it's making me insane. You know, it gets <laughs> Is, was that, was that a, an aside? Or are you trying for a lot of your life you've got a popcorn kernel? What's <laughs> all this? Is there a comma there? <laughs> Is there an M dash? I'd pronounce coma. Um, <laughs> with a long O, as you say in Long mm-hmm. Island. Long, have you, long, have you long been eating Island. popcorn today? I think so. Let me check. Yeah. yeah you um, I think popcorn is a good pre-podcast meal. Well, I, I haven't eaten all day, and I'll eat later. I, I thought I could eat or I could take a nap. And given the amount of energy you you take away from me when I do this, I knew that the nap would be more critical. 
So then I had some uh, I had some Redenbachers, you know, popped up some corn in the microwave, microwave, as you say in England. Uh, uh, but I've, I, John, I don't even know. And yours, I think, is, is it fair to say your famous one of those is the Beatles? Yeah, that's the one I always bring up. Because you didn't, re- you, it took you longer than you feel like it should have to realize that the I beat. Did, I didn't realize it. I had to be told. Right, right. But the, the beat part of Beatles, mm-hmm. let alone getting into Buddy Holly and the Crickets, which is how they got the name. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Uh, it sounds familiar, which means I probably heard you say it on a podcast. Fair enough. Um, but through, I want to say, beyond college, because people would tell me not to say this, and what didn't mean what I thought, and I kept doing it anyway. I don't know what's wrong with me that I was raised in an environment where a couple meant a few. Hmm. Instead of two. Can you give me a couple minutes? That's a yeah, bad yeah. example because that's much to begin with. Uh, you, if you were to say to somebody, like, for example, if I said to somebody, oh, how many people were there? And I would go like, oh, there's a couple people there. I think well, most yeah. people would say two. Yeah, well, so you're... I, know what a, I knew what a couple two. is. I'd seen Love American style. And mm-hmm. at the same time, I still continued to say couple like it meant however many, less than 10. Hmm. You got any more of those? Show, what, what, what would you call that? But I think you can, I think, I think the way you just deployed it, there are sort of idioms that use the word couple that mean more than two in American English. Uh, yeah, like a, um, <laughs> I can't even make a good crypto you, joke. You know, the, and then there's the other good one that really stretches it a little bit. I had a couple three things the other day. Oh, I like, a, I like couple three. You know, couple three. Yeah. I also, uh, I, one I say all the time is Mike could. And I think my family hates it. Mm, yeah, no, I, th- I think you're just trying to sound like what is what is Mike Cut is like old prospector. I'm not sure what you're going for there with Mike Cut. Come on, Sarnet John. Mm-hmm. Uh, things it took us to turn me around, bullseye. <laughs> so I can see. <laughs> I know that is regarded as a problematic character. I think that's a shame because why is why is that problematic? Is it? Because he's creeping on Barbie and people. He is, but he's not a good guy. He's. I well, go go listen to Roderick on the line. All I right. talked about this yesterday. When we stop having villains that do villainous things, we we lose a lot of what makes fiction useful. I'm not here to talk about the other show, John. Uh, Petra I'm, I'm, I just started that episode. I'm not through it yet. I did. Things I did hear the us... part where you where he was goading you into sharing your dreams, which you should not do. Oh, I I still have some you have not heard. Uh, I'm pretty as sure, far as you know. Oh no. <gasps> oh, are, did you Christopher Nolan me? No, you just have a bad memory and can't remember what you told me. I did that. Yeah. Do you know the good uh, the good dream? Let's see if I can find this. Hmm. Uh, the funny, you know, what are those called? <sighs> uh, no, the, no, no, the no. Demo- no demotivational posters. Oh, I love those. Maybe if we stop answering, maybe if we stop answering the phone, maybe maybe people will stop calling. Yeah. Or what is this. it? Uh, uh, none of us is as dumb as all of us. The one about, uh, about <laughs> groups. Those were very, very funny because yeah. it was a nice against the grain culture jamming thing that today would not be as funny to people unless you have memes. But back then that was pretty goddamn funny because we were all sick to death of those stupid posters with sailboats yeah, on them. Hang in there. Well, anyway, I saw one online, I guess a couple months ago. It's been floating around for a while. Um, I don't know who originally made this because it's impossible to tell on the internet, but this one is a poster that says, don't chase your dreams, exclamation point which sounds like a demotivational poster in the text underneath it says humans are persistence predators follow your dreams at a sustainable pace until they get tired and lie down and i like that 
I like that too. We're rewatching a season. We just finished rewatching a season of Survivor, the one, the second Cochrane season, which is a pretty great season. Uh, fans versus favorites. And Cochrane said this thing was again, this is one of those things that I should have realized this a long time ago. I think it was Cochrane in the, um, you know, after Jeff has carried the votes from the island into the set mm-hmm. and, and, and all the women are wearing way too much makeup and look old. Um, and, and Cochran said something like he heard that every time before you go to bed, the last thing you think about is like the motivation of your opponents. No, no, but just this so, idea. So Cochran is like a middle school student perpetually in this series. Cochran, <laughs> Cochran went, got did undergrad at Columbia and then went to Harvard Law School. I think he'll be fine. He follows mm-hmm. me on Twitter. No big deal. Yeah. He, he wrote a hit play and directed it, so he's not sweating it. He's not exactly sweating it. So close. Um, yeah. I'm trying to find a good one. See, now some of these. I didn't even turn it. All I've got is, uh, all I've got is just lines, you know? Um, oh, I think I might, I might've read you this one. Drum logo tower, Bib City, large greens. You ever heard that one? They all sound kind of similar because you are, yeah. you are massaging them after the fact. No, I'm like not. To... No, I'm not. No, no, no. This is when I wake up and just start mashing buttons. I know, and, but like that's, that's the massaging. The, the form you are putting these in and sort of these terse little fragments, right? Oh. With a particular rhythm that's waking you. Uh, sort of uh, interpreting what the sleeping uh, you had. You know, I'll allow it in other parts of my life. You're literally speaking. <laughs> you're allow, you're, you're, are you writing these when you're not awake? You're literally speaking into the ear of an ancient bird that seems dead. It remembers <laughs> yeah, no. everything. 11, I know you know that one. 13 or 11 specific draining holes? How many specific draining holes are there? 11 specific draining holes. It's an important crucible for ideas. Yeah. Crucible. Do you say crucible or crucible? Herbal bourbons Herbal- for the world girl. <laughs> <laughs> By Kevin Grisham? <laughs> 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 uh, you should find out if herbal bourbons predates uh, rural juror. The rural juror. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, I'll start collecting these because I need to do it for another show. Uh, anyway, you can. Pre- I sent you. I sent you the random uh, uh, image I found of that. Oh, there it is. Oh, this looks like an ad for a casino. You can print that real big and uh, put it up in your house somewhere. Yeah. Follow your dreams at a sustainable pace until they get tired and lie down. Okay. Um, humans are persistence predators. Humans are persistence predators. Don't chase your dreams. Mm-hmm. In an old, old-timey old West font. Well, you know, you're giving me much to think about, John. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by Burrow. You can learn more about Burrow right now by visiting burrow.com slash rd hey listen friends as the seasons change you know maybe you're thinking about having a change around your home too you know it doesn't have to be a full relax doesn't have to be a full rate redecoration maybe you just want to get one really cool sofa or maybe a, a dresser that can refresh your entire space and make it feel like new wouldn't that be nice you know treat yourself it's the holiday season at least as we record this Here's the thing. Nobody wants the hassle and the money of got to deal with all this furniture. It's it's heavy. You got to get a big van and you got to go to the store where the person talks to you and but no thank you. Well, if you're a long-time listener of Reconcilable Differences, you'll know that there is a furniture brand. It's already taken care of that. Say it with me. Burrow. I heard I, I was listening and you didn't say it with me. But now you got to hear the rest of this. Here's the thing. Burrow offers fast free shipping on every order. And, and, and that can save you an average of $100 on a big thing like a couch. Burrow's designs, uh, they design for the way you live, okay? Their credenzas have cool adjustable height interior shelves and cord organizing holes at each corner, so they're perfect for any TV. Love that. 
And, and Burrow, it's just easy to shop with Burrow. You know, I, gosh, couch shopping. Can I beg you not to get me started on couch shopping? But with, with them, it's so easy. You know, you can spare yourself going to a warehouse. You know, you shop online right? uh, or as you say, on the internet. Everything is designed to work perfectly together, all their stuff in your living space. All you got to do is add to cart. That's it. Bada boom. Something like that. Uh, they got world-class uh, support. Their, their team is available for you whenever you need them. And Burrow's new Union Collection is their biggest, deepest, plushest, widest modular seating design to date. My goodness. I want to live in a bigger house so that I could put some Union Collection in. I'm, I'm afraid it might, might dwarf our, our house. And I already have a Burrow I like. More on that in a minute. The, the unique fabric is easy to clean and it's stain-resistant while still being super soft and comfortable. And yeah, it still gets shipped to your door for free. It's a breeze to build with no tools needed. So, so here's that thing. I have a burrow couch. Forgive me if you've heard this story. I, I, I sometimes I repeat myself. Uh, my wife and I look for my wife and I look for a couch for probably 15 years, and it was uh, dreadful. I hated it. We had a notes document we shared with all the possible candidates. We go to these stores. People, people want just like let's just say well into the four figures for a pretty crummy couch. And you know what? You know what was hiding on that notes document the whole time? My wife had said maybe we should look at Burrow. This is before they were a sponsor, before there was an offer code, and that's how I got my Burrow. Now I'm a little, uh, I'm, I'm a little guy. And I don't have anything like musculature. And yet I was able to bring these pieces up and assemble it. And, and, and forgive me at, at the risk of repeating myself or producing a cliche. If I can do it, you can do it. If I can burrow, you're, you can burrow. And, and that, they can just have that. But, but here's the thing. Right now, you, you can get $75 off your first order because you're a listener to Reconcilable Differences. All you have to do is go to burrow.com slash rd. That's rd. B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash R-D. And that's going to get you $75 off your borough purchase. Borough.com slash R-D. Uh, I, I appreciate the couch and I appreciate their uh, support of reconcilable differences and all of Relay FM. Everybody, welcome back to Reconcilable Differences with John Syracuse. Uh, I'm really glad you, you all are joining us again. I'm very sorry we got some follow-up this week where uh, last week we talked in our after show, correct? Yeah. We talked in the after show about Twitter and how everything is everything. And uh, and what was the main thrust of our Twitter thing? We were just covering the, the Twitter drama. And by the way, if you're, if you're wondering how the heck you can hear an after show, that's the whole membership thing we were talking membership. about. Re- Relay.fm slash RD slash join. Anyway. Uh, we talked about just Twitter, and you know, it's there, there's more Twitter drama stuff going on. I figured, if do you have anything new to say about the latest drama? Do you not care? And no, in no, particular, I, I, I am, I am, and I do. Do you? Okay, then go for it. Then I want to figure we could touch on Mastodon. Uh, yeah, related. no, exactly. Yeah. Well, as far as the, the like the Twitter stuff, like I don't know. I mean, the Elon angle, and listen, you guys, everything is not everything. <laughs> so, so that when I talked about how everything is not everything, not everything is everything last mm-hmm. week or last episode i i was some talking, things are nothing whoa um i i pitched that uh that, that thought technology to roderick because it's becoming something i think about a lot um but anyway you can also learn about that join just keep hitting keys hitting the keep hitting the w till the uh period mm-hmm. appears um uh i i think I, i'm not following it really super carefully and also the the velocity let's see how can i put this the 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 mass crappiness of Elon Musk's decisions and lack of uh, executive function, <laughs> like 
it, it, I think we're getting fewer events, but they're still coming. Like, you know, they're still all pretty bad. And the one that's been big this week, just for historical purposes, uh, the, the bit where he's like shutting down people's accounts because they said something mean about him or Tesla is feels like a, like a, uh, I don't want to say a new low, but a different kind of thing. From It's one thing for him to have a lot of opinions. It's one thing for him to like, you know, be so sweaty for people to like him and all that kind of stuff that, that I'm very sympathetic to that, but like that, isn't that how Lex's account got shut down? Well, that's the whole thing with this black box. It's not like they tell you uh, who did it and why well, there's reporting, it, things, there's reporting on that, but I don't right, have a way we, to prove We know that. a series of things that happened and we can try connecting the yeah, dots. Somebody had an account why. for 15 years and then one day they didn't. And it happened to be the day after they made a joke about Tesla's catching up. Yeah, it wasn't even a joke. He just said F Elon Musk and F Donald Trump. And then the account was closed. But the, it, the, one of the theories is perhaps that he once again got confused with the person who shares his name with a slightly different spelling. And it's like, oh, this account is impersonating the other Lex Friedman, who's a, who's a jerk. Um, and so I'm closing this account down for impersonation, right? Oh. Did that happen? I don't know, because it's not like they sent them the mm. explanation, because there is no system. This is what happens when you have a, you know, a, a tin pot dictator. Well, you know, it is, you know, right now, what you're seeing is the violence inherent in the system. Yeah, it's just, you know, he's doing things on uh, on the whim of this one random dude. And the this word one you're random searching dude, for is capricious, John. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's not and he's not going to. Uh, there's no system. There's no explanation. There's no yeah, like, oh, I shouldn't I get an explanation when my account is shut down? Why? Why would I'm, you? I'm, I'm all the only reason I bring it up is is I don't have a big point about what this means for Twitter. It is more saliently to me, though, it is increasing amounts of information for the folks who for the folks who doubt it but have ears to hear that this guy's not he's not he's not a stable fella and he's maybe not as smart as anybody likes to think he is, including him. Um, and unless, you know, who knows, I, I, like I like to say, there's a reason I'm not in the corner office. I thought that has been that has been an interesting development to me. I'm actually kind of surprised that I have not seen more problems with just the day-to-day use of the site because I think we're all sort of just waiting for the lack of engineers to, but you know, the, the whole, like, as they used to say, cutting off your nose despite your face stuff. I feel like that does, there does seem to be a little bit of a, a, a quickening with that, even beyond the mass firings. That's pretty much, I don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time thinking about the guy, but that's, that's what I have this week. Do you have any Elon, uh, Elon watch updates? No, he's just telling you to do stupid stuff. The one I saw that, today was the yeah. su- suspending the policy on uh, COVID-19 misinformation. I did hear that, and I did not read it. And a story like that, with all respect, that is when – when I see a story like that, what, no matter what it's about, I'm very curious about the sourcing on it. Oh, no, it's not – you don't need to worry about the sourcing here. I will give you a URL. It's a Twitter.com URL, so I feel like that is reasonable sourcing. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, <laughs> really? again, without any explanation, <laughs> you know, what this says, and we'll put the link in the show notes, effective November 23rd, 2022, Twitter oh, is no I'm longer sorry. enforcing. I thought you were saying because it was on Twitter, it's true. You're saying, but it's a subdomain. It's transparency.twitter.com. I see what you're saying. I thought yeah. you were saying because you read it on Twitter, you believed it. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. Twitter is no longer enforcing the COVID-19 misleading information policy. Yeah. Um, presumably that policy as it previously existed as an, and is explained on this webpage was a way to stop 
misinformation about COVID, but apparently that policy is no longer in effect because is there is there a pair is there a page like this for the stuff that endangers children? Do they have an announcement about no, that? No, uh, that the story about that was the people were just saying like this the staff that used to the people who worked at Twitter who used to do that type of stuff. Right. There's far fewer of them than there were before, but there's far fewer of everybody than there was before at Twitter. <laughs> yeah, quit making such a big deal about it. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. No, I don't have anything particular, but I have spent more time on Mastodon. I'm wondering if you have dipped your toe into that yet. I have. By any chance, just before we leave this, though, did you see the um, the interview, uh, Taylor Lawrence's interview with Drill? I did. I'm not a big Drill fan. I no, know it's okay. Like... I no, no, no. I understand. I don't. I don't need you to be. I just thought it was funny. I thought it was funny that it existed. I wish Taylor Lawrence was not treated so horribly by horrible people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think she's amazing. Finding Seb Seb Gorka's Amazon list, oh, my God, there's so much so much stuff in the early days of Do by Friday come came from uh, Taylor Lawrence's. Uh, I think it's how you pronounce it. Uh, reporting, but um, yeah, the interview with Drill. I'll find it for notes, notes, notes. But I just thought it was funny that he was in character and that his the example that he used was, you know, if my son was run over by a Tesla. How would you know that that's a negative tweet about that? Like maybe maybe that was a good thing that my son got run over by a Tesla. I worry about people reading articles like that and not understanding or knowing who Drill is and being very confused. Yeah. I worry about a lot of things, John. Um, Mastodon. Well, hmm. you um, unsurprisingly. So I, I, well, you know, John, your memory's better than mine. Why did, why did we all get Mastodon accounts a few years ago? Same reason Twitter was doing bad things. Was it not? Was it, but it was like during the Trump years. I, w- I want to say it was probably 2017 or 18, probably. Something like that. Yeah, my, all my accounts are created in 2017. So yeah. it's like, it's <laughs> sort of like the beginning of, of the Trump. Your yeah. discussion of that on ATP was terrific. Uh, talking about your butt, the buster you put on your face. Mm-hmm. was really funny. Um, so I guess uh, I, I, I thought uh, it makes it probably... If I were a younger and more enthusiastic person chasing trends, I would be joining up on all the things. But like, I don't do a ton of that. But at the same time, I do think it is wise. If I were better at my job, such as it is, I would learn more about emerging media and what I could be doing with it. You know, like, I wish I'd known about Vine. I mean, I wish I'd understood Mm. what Vine was and not just made fun of it when it was around because in retrospect, it's so brilliant. And I think I could have been okay good at it. Um, but anyway, long story short. So I created a Mastodon account a long time ago. And um, I went do you remember in. Yeah. Where, do you remember where it was? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to dig it up in um, one password. But it still worked. And the password still worked. And so I went in and. Um, where are you? Is it a secret? Can you tell me so I can follow you there? Well, there's nothing to follow. But yeah, it's. I don't like saying words. All right, well, you can just text it to me then. You no, it's 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 hot dogs lady at huh. It's at hot dogs ladies mm. at mastodon.social. Is that an address? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I I'm why didn't I follow? I'm not complaining, here? John. You asked the question, I'm answering the question. I'm pretty sure there's two at symbols, some hot dogs in the middle, and social at the end. Oh look, I'm already <laughs> I'm already following you. All well, right. I followed I followed you. You're the first person I followed, and then I went to the people I so I didn't follow. Uh, uh, Saying saying all of this feels so dumb. It's like arguing over like who's the best unlicensed character in costume outside of Grauman's Chinese restaurant. It's so weird. I hate talking about this stuff. But here's the thing. I had the account. So last week, early last week, before I can tell you specifically, probably before we left town for Thanksgiving, I followed you. 
because you know I'd heard you talk about it. <clears throat> I hadn't followed anybody else, and I just wanted to like see like in time. I'll spend some time there, but you know how it is. You gotta get it set up, right? You gotta get your stuff set up, and you know, you know, you you'll you'll appreciate this in the way other people will, will like don't care about. But like, do is there a recent like an up to date like profile photo? Which for me is that Dave Gray drawing that I use. Is there? I put a funny header of my cat in there and like all that stuff, and I filled it out. What am I doing? Well, I have no intention of using this yet. But what do we know? You know, <laughs> step two in every project is infrastructure. Whatever step one is, it doesn't matter. Step two is infrastructure. So my infrastructure was going in and setting all that up. Long story short, then I had some time um, after Thanksgiving night. I was hanging out and um, drinking bourbon, if you must know. And I decided that I would go in and follow a few more people and look around and see, you know, because it sounds like Kieran's kind of done. For example, for example, the kind of person I do and would miss to the come straight to mind or Matt by Arrhythmist, the one of the original great tweeters and and Kieran, who's become kind of a uh parasocial online friend, kind of like right. Um and so I saw he was on there, but like so that bummed me out. The people like Matt's like, that's it, I'm done. Like there's this is, you know, which sucks because my rhythmist, my God, eating a sandwich, classic. He's the guy who posts every time during any Apple thing or huge if any, he always posts eating a sandwich. And it's really funny. You know? You know like how how everybody has their own color of emoji? That that that's his word emoji. Uh, and so, yeah, I went in and uh, I grabbed some of the apps I heard you guys talking about. As it happened, uh, I think what stimulated it was I was listening to ATP and thought, oh, I should go do some stuff. So so my Mastodon experience so far is really just roughing in the walls, um, the like, you know, the the studs. I haven't done anything yet. Um, what I've seen so far, no shade to eliminate toward anybody. It's not currently a thing in certain i'm talking purely in terms of content it's not doing a lot for me right now because well, you're not following enough people you're following eight people and you're I'm not, not but the people but the known good follower people are like mostly talking about how they're on mastodon and this is mastodon and mastodon and yeah, but like, how would you know you're not following them you got to use one of those you know about those little tool thingies that show you all the people did who the you're... one you guys i did the one you guys recommended i set i set it up the federation thing yeah yeah i did that oh so how many people did it find out of your list I don't know. I was at a hotel, mm, but, so that, but no, I, I, I will spend more time with it, but I'm just telling you like my immediate impression right off the dome is I'm a guy who's on Twitter. I said this very much on Twitter, like last week, Mastodon, you know, I might end up there eventually, who knows, but like, it does really feel like a pretty narrow forum right now. And I'm not going to get the hearts that I like for the content that I like. I'm not sure that my my uh, my comments about how good Queen is are going to go over as well on Mastodon. Yeah, I just look at your account as a April 2017. I think we all did great counts at the same time, but whatever whatever was I'm, going oh, on yeah. on Twitter at that time, we yeah, all kind right. of like. Well, I'm sure we could carbon date it with Google News or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so anyway, that's like what I did. We all, we all uh, what do you call it? Got our um, app.net accounts at the same time too, but we can't see that anymore. I got um I got so I did that um I was very happy that I already had one because I don't have to deal with name stuff mm -hmm. and I got Mastodon and I got Toot mm -hmm. um bad logo um and anyway yeah so I got that so I'm gonna spend more time with it but it is not a high priority for me right now I would never say it out loud or in public but like I'm bummed about all the you know Michigas with Twitter but I don't see myself leaving Twitter anytime soon. 
I mean, I, I'm just being dead honest. Like, I, I like it. And I'm not even here to like go, oh, I get a lot of value out of it for my business. Because like, I don't want to overpromote. But like, there's still two or three people there who appreciate what I do there. And, it, it, and it, with all respect, if you're a listener uh, and you're here mostly for, for uh, Squidward, well, you know, that's okay. But there are people that like what I do and they are there. And that's my medium. I'm good at it. Or at least I was good at it at one point. And I still like it. And, you know, I'm not saying I won't go on to Mastodon, but it certainly was not the kind of thing where I went, wow, this is such a luxe experience with content that's a ton better. It really, it does feel like the early days of people who weren't allowed into a different club. It's kind of the uh, the weakness of the migration tools is that as far as I'm aware, they all rely on the people who have... You got to put your address somewhere. Yeah, you got to put your address somewhere yeah. in your Twitter profile. Yeah. So that's I, how I did that for like 10 minutes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but but if people don't do that, there's no way to follow them. And I feel like that's, for me, that's the limiting factor on Mastodon is I, I don't know if there are more people who I would like to follow who are there somewhere. But, but are there that... Okay, so like, I, I'm going to push back on that. Are there that... I mean, I feel like this goes way beyond 80-20. Like, this is way beyond Pareto, like where, like, you don't follow that many people, do you? I mean, couldn't you Yeah, but start... I, have to get, I have to get to that 20. Like, I have to get well, to the 20% start... that provide the 80% of the value, and I'm like, like it's 3%. Well, but, but maybe a step before that, isn't there a way of saying, like, here's, here's the, the stuff I couldn't live without? Are they there? Because, like, I, but I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to recreate Twitter. I think this is an elephant in the room, and I think it's something some people are talking about, but not a lot of people are talking about. Like, I don't, I if I get if Twitter goes away, I'll be bummed for like two days. <laughs> the amount of time it would take, basically, to like, you know, quit drinking and smoking for a while, like, or, or eating sugar for a while. Like, I just, I would just need a couple days to get Twitter out of my system. And if I knew it were gone, the last thing in the world that I would want to do right now is seek out something as quote a replacement for Twitter. So when, if and when I do go into Mastodon with any kind of adult seriousness, it's going to be to see what Mastodon is good at and what my place there is, right? So like I'm not at all per- currently obsessed with wanting to recreate what I had on Twitter. That's a fool's errand in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I'm mostly you just trying to see- a lot of computer see, people accounts though. It's I'm a different to see kind of person. It's a place that I can get any kind of value out of. I've talked about ATP. Yes. The, 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 lots of problems in, with uh, Mastodon that will prevent it from- ever being exactly like Twitter, which in some ways is good, but a lot of ways is bad. And I still also do enjoy Twitter. So now, now I'm kind of in two places. It's kind of like when I was on app.net and also on Twitter. I, and it's not great, I mean, you but you know, what can you do? The, the guy who's on, on the Twitter is screwing it all up. So, Are you posting stuff on Mastodon on the reg? I mean, how often do I post stuff on Twitter? I'm not a prolific tweeter. Uh, I, you know, I, I you put do all that post energy into your blog. I do post stuff on Mastodon. I do post stuff on Twitter. It is my yeah. usual extremely low volume that is so close to zero that no one can even tell. Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I don't, my, my, my position on this is not a hard or very, um, I don't have a lot of skin in the game with any of this. I mean, I have skin in the game in the sense of I have, you know, blah, 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 signed my yearbook. I've loved what happened on Twitter. Like, but I mean, on the other hand, I'm not, I'm not going to go be all histrionic and go, I'm just going to read books from now on. I got plenty to do. I am one way in which we are, if not alike, at least aligned. You are good at going on vacation and I am amazing at utilizing new time. If new time is liberated in my week, in my hour, (laughs) 
in my day. Like I, if I, I, I can make good use of a few minutes, like there's, I don't even need to look at stuff I've written down. I'm so good at utilizing that time for something that I will find useful or pleasurable or, uh, good. Like I could use that time for this on a particular morning. It'll be that I did an extra good job on chores and that'll make me happy. I'll make my family happy. There's that. Or it could just be that I watch an entire season of Veep in a night. Like, I don't need you to like it, but I would love it for y'all to understand it. <laughs> you will find a way if you are, if you're the sort of person like, and again, I am as much as I think podcast doing could make people think that I am an extrovert. I am ultimately in many ways. Um, I mean, I'm talking, uh, you can be talkative and introverted. I don't think anyone thinks you're an extrovert. <laughs> Why do you say that? Cause I don't go anywhere. <laughs> you, your recent, your recent, uh, sort of, uh, the thing my wife, card, the thing my wife uh, said to me. <laughs> moment from home is, is your wife telling you, you think everything's weird. You never leave the house. You think everything you never, well, yeah, she, the way she presented it was really exquisite. And I actually did peel with laughter for probably 90 seconds, legit. And she, she goes, I was, I was talking about, so I, I what was I do by Friday probably, but we were out for dinner for her birthday or something. I think it was her birthday, but anyway, whatever it was, we were out and, uh, I was saying, oh, this place is really weird, huh? You know, that's how weird it is. Like when we came in and, they didn't seem like, oh, oh, this seems really weird. And I kept pursuing this. And I was like, does that seem weird to you that there's this many people doing this and this many people doing that? And Madeline said to me across the table in a very flat, like not mean way, but in a very straightforward way, as if she were explaining that the red light means you have to stop. She said, uh, uh, you, you never leave the house. Everything seems weird to you. Isn't that brilliant? I mean, well, what I'm saying is that, you know, if, if people are, were able to surmise, I just want to, I just to want take podcast, a moment that, to give her credit that, for an amazing go, observation that you go, that you go from like your house to your office, which is near your house and pretty much yes. nowhere else. That's not um, an extra remote. That is a feature, not a bug. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, I, I think, I think people are on the same page as you in terms but, of the extra well, range. But people who don't know the details of my life who think they know the details of my life, and that's fine, uh, could very much assume or infer that I am what is typically considered an extrovert. And, and you know, I, I can't remember if I got, I know part of this I got from Roderick, but I like that definition of uh, extrovert versus introvert. And, and it's a spectrum and there are angles to it, but I, I do love that idea of extroverts being people who derive energy from being around other people introverts as being people who lose energy around other people and i am a weird hybrid of if you've ever hung out with me like at a comic meetup or like i don't know if you got this from me but like i think i can honestly legitimately say i'm kind of a lot of fun for a pretty long time and then it's like i am i'm outie like i gotta get out of here i gotta stay near a door I just, I, I, there's a certain point. It's not that I'm panicky or agoraphobic or anything as far as I know. It's just mainly that like, I have paid so much attention to so many people and things here. I, I don't know if you know this, but I have ADHD. At a certain point, I'm like Ultraman, you know, and then my little light starts blinking. <laughs> yeah, I like when you make that reference, like the number of people who understand what you're talking about is just dwindling by the day as they all die off or move to Florida. Remember that you hold up his little spoon and turn into yeah, Ultraman? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. A new hybrid kind of Merlin. Messaging app for teens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. If that, I don't know if that's hybrid. I, I know what you're saying. I feel like that. That what that sounds to me like is an introvert, or introvert who gears up, like for the for battle, uh, but then is spent like Ultraman and must depart. 
Yeah. I mean, again, I got Veep on the brain. I mentioned this on the Slack the other day where I was talking about how Elon Musk sometimes reminds me of Jonah Ryan. Uh, I, I love Veep so much. I just, I've watched the entire run. Elon Musk is more like the the bad boyfriend to the nice blonde lady. Well, he's like a lot of things. And I thought, I sat with it for a while. Uh, something I once said about uh, Nick Denton that I continue to believe that he reminds me of the kid on the playground that would uh, eat boogers for a nickel. But if he thought you were cool, he'd do it for free. Just eat a booger. Like he definitely seems like an eat a booger guy. He also seems like a guy where he attracts, hopefully tries to attract friends. Uh, what was the Atari after the 2600? The uh, fancy, not as good one. What was that? 78? Oh, but he basically uh... seems like the kind of person who has the new hotness in video games and that's how he gets friends to come to his house. He reminds me of that. But the reason he reminds me of Jonah Ryan is because Jonah Ryan is such a great character and such a cautionary tale for America because he really thinks he's pulling it off. He really thinks he really thinks he is the cool guy in the West Wing. And I think Elon Musk genuinely genuinely believes I'm sorry to say this. I know this is not a it's not a kind thing to say. I think he genuinely regards himself as funny. And Still, I think he's still, Elon Musk still thinks he's funny. And there's no, there, there's, there are a few afflictions as, as deeply damaging. Uh, people around you like are just going to think you're, you're kind of a turd if you really think you're funny and you're not. I mean, it's one thing to be able to make a good joke. It's another thing to have a sense of humor. And I don't think he has any of that. Um, that's where it reminds me of Jonah Ryan. But why do I say Veep? Why was I talking about Veep? I was talking about Veep because... And Elon reminds you of Veep. But wasn't there something else with that? Anyway, I, I, I don't know on the brain, I guess. But um, um, I have a feeling I will go and try and spend some time on Mastodon. But I want to do it in a slightly kind of mindful way. I mean, not because I'm a monk or something, but just because, John, I, I think this is really important. Okay, let, let's look at, let us consider the dog. I would love to have a dog. I'm obsessed with dogs right now. I got to be with two very good dogs on Thursday. Mm, I love I, dogs. I, I saw want that a dog. Photo of our old little dog. Our family little, is, little, is currently gray muzz. We're oh, Franklin is such a precious angel. We are right on the precipice of dogging. Um, title. Yeah, oh, oh, you're always getting halfway closer to the dog. Oh, it's Zena's dog. Good mm-hmm. dogs. That's nothing. That's not a thing. No. Um, very close to dogging, but um, I, I keep returning to the same thing, which is like. I, I, given how irresponsible I am about so many aspects of my life, it's weird that I'm so tightly wound about a handful of aspects. And one of them involves stuff like pets, where I think, like, maybe I, I take it too seriously. You know, I, th- I really do. Like, I, I really think we, it's like, it's like on um, Doghouse UK. You know, a lot of people say this, but there was, remember that one big guy in particular said, well, we came out here today, you know. To find the dog that needs... Shut up. Shut up. I can do it. Just try to do the accent. Go ahead. Good luck. I got to start playing... You know what it is? It's like Art Carney on The Honeymooners. I got to start by doing the four Yorkshiremen, and then Mm -hmm. I back into it. Mm -hmm. Um, Luxury. Came in here today looking... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's gone straight into Scottish, really. (laughs) Do you mind? Do you mind if I sit here for a minute and have a smoke? Do you mind? She comes up to me and she's got the nose ring. Um, I think we got to find the dog that needs us. We'll find the dog that wants us. But also, and this is not a dumb dad thing. I don't, I do fewer dumb dad things all the time, hopefully. Even as I gain new ones. But like, it's not about, you have to take care of it and feed it. Like, 
doesn't matter. Whatever comes in the house will become my responsibility and will become Madeline's responsibility. That's table stakes. You know, that that's just, we understand that. But like, I feel like with the dog, like I, I don't want to get a dog because it's cute. I don't want to get a dog because I've chosen the name and it seems like it might fit. And at the same time, I do believe we do need to visit lots of dogs. We need to say no to dozens of dogs in order to find the one dog where we say yes, okay? That kind of mindfulness, it really helps. I'm sorry, I'm pivoting so hard. This is all actually related. You know what I learned on vacation? When we, one password took me and our family to the Dominican Republic for a trip. And um, where I did some talks and stuff. And it was, it was a trip to the Dominican Republic. And I, it was really, it was a lot of culture shock for us and a young kid. And it was through no fault of the wonderful people at One Password. It was eh, kind of weird, kind of bumpy. Like a lot of the things where family goes and tries to like hang out with, you know, people who know me mainly. But you know what I learned on that trip, John, is that to succeed at vacation, yes, you have to be good at preparing for vacation. You have to be good at unhooking for vacation. But to be good at vacation, you need to get as fast as possible at learning what this place is good for. It took me like three days to realize, you know what this place is good for? They have these weird, like fancy, like white lotus style, like almost like a bed on the beach where you sit and they bring you drinks and you sit on the beach. That's what that vacation is for. It's not for wondering if the pizza will be good. It's not for wondering how good the food will be on, directly quoting here, Oriental Night. The Oriental Night in the Dominican Republic is not that great. What that vacation is good at what that place is good at is having a bed you lay on and they bring you fruity drinks. Like I want to do that with Mastodon or whatever, whatever I do. Like this is a praxis for me now as I'm trying to get good at going like, okay, instead of going, Ooh, what are the differences? Or like, what are the things that make me mad? Cause this isn't what I expected versus how do I integrate myself into what this thing is good at? And so if, and when I spend time on Mastodon, that's not how I will do it. I'm absolutely not looking at looking for a Twitter replacement. I don't think I'll ever have that. That was my first love. That was my crush, you know? Anyway, sorry, that was really long-winded. But do, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I don't want to frame this or allow you to frame this or anybody to frame this as like, for me anyway, of like, oh, I'm going to go and replicate Twitter. That's not what I'm trying to do. Yeah, I think Mastodon is, uh, I mean, I know the software has been around for a while, but it's uh, the sort of the culture surrounding it. And yes, also the software used in an ecosystem is young enough that it's kind of like Twitter in the early days where it doesn't know what it's going to be when it grows up yet, because there's still a lot of, still a lot of stuff that has it's yet still, to happen. Still young, still has a lot of wiggle room. Yeah. I mean, it's still, still got plenty of room to fizzle out and, and it fail. Needs, just like and it needs that community. I'm, I'm scrolling down a page here trying to find Andy Bayo's wonderful post about this. He had a wonderful post a, a week or two ago about that I thought was really good and something people should read. It was called something like Mastodon's um, what's the phrase they used to use? The September that never ended, mm-hmm. right? And and he had this. Did you see it? He had a post. It was called something like Mastodon September that will never end, and it was about the growing pains and like painy pains of Andy going. This has been really cool for a few years because nobody's there, <laughs> and now that everybody's coming in, it's mm-hmm. overwhelming the servers. And and as with the September that never ended, there's an endless cycle of new people coming in who don't know what to do there and are going to frustrate a lot of people who are, were deeply involved in the culture that led to why we do and how we do what we do here. So I want to, I want to be a good guest there. I want to know what it's good and fun for. If it's just a fun place to hang out with people, talk about computers, that's okay. I don't know if it's going to be the same avenue for dick jokes that I found on Twitter. 
Yeah, you can always uh, post them in both places. Just don't be a cross poster. You mean like like um do uh, like with my hands, put it in both places? No, I don't yeah, want to do that. Yeah, or like choose which place do you think it should go, right? And if there really is something you think should go in both places, consider how you might phrase it differently for the other place because, as you noted, they are not the same. I don't know. That's like doing card tricks for late night at the Apollo. It just doesn't make sense. I'll find that I'll find that post for notes, notes, notes. It's somewhere in here. I feel like it was Andy. I'm using too many different read later type apps and I don't and you remember your problem I know you do of like where did I find this now I uh-huh. I can't even find things in the place where I find things because I'm using four different apps for that or apps and services and that newswire so what do you think what do you what, what gets you excited I mean forget about Twitter for a minute let's let's look at this our, our beautiful new child that we've that's in our, in our world what do you think what, what is it you like about Mastodon that's different from other places and what attracts you beyond it being a replacement for the T word. I mean, the main and only, but still a big thing that attracts me to it is that it's not currently owned and controlled by Elon Musk. Like that's like, that's yeah. what it comes down to. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to push back on that. Like, because you know, it's, it's, not as if, it's not as if I was, you know, incredibly dissatisfied with Twitter before I found it valuable and useful and entertaining. And it was a big part of my life and someone's coming in and screwing it up. And so the best thing Mastodon has going for it, well, I guess it's more than that, isn't it? It's not run by the person I don't like, and also it's not run by any one single person. So it is, in theory, more resilient against future uh, bad actors doing things, right? Because it's not just one yes. thing. It is more distributed, right? But then there's so many things that could doom it to failure, and it's also, I mean, this is part of what I, the experience I get out of it. When you say doom it to failure, I mean, like, what, what would you regard as failure for Mastodon? Because it's a federation of basically servers I mean, a, fa- a failure as far as uh, as far as I'm concerned in terms of like, can I get value out of it? If, okay. if it turns out that I, you know, I try to use it for six months, a year or whatever, and it just never ends up being valuable to me and I abandon it, it may continue to churn on in the background, just like, you know, various web forums that I don't participate in, but it's not valuable to me. Right. Right. So like, yeah, and, and any any given instance already, I've had an account on instance that is ascent, not failed, but that is going away because the person who was running it just can't deal with it anymore. And so that will disappear. So yes, that instance failed, but because Mastodon is not just that one instance, Mastodon itself has software lives on. But and because you because you made a point of putting markers down on several different servers. Yeah, which is a kind of an yeah. annoying thing. But yeah. but even even Smart. so, like Smart. if everyone who's running a Mastodon server in 2022, if we fast forward 10 years and no one is running a Mastodon server anymore, then I would say it just failed because it just kind of fizzled out. Like there's lots of pieces of software, like to, to give an example from my youth, Hotline, which was kind of a proto Slack type thing for Mac users back in the day. Yeah, was uh, that kind of like IRC? Yeah, it was kind of like a Slack mix with IRC. I like it looked like that. Slack. You, it, it was a GUI that. application, and there was like a chat window and channels. And did people know. do some file sharing with it? Yes, they absolutely. Okay. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, that I, I'm sure someone out there is running that server software now, but there are so few that it might as well yes. just be considered to be dead, right? And there was nothing particularly wrong like, with I mean, it. Maybe, maybe you know. kind of like LiveJournal, where you've got. You know what I mean? Like where there live are live journal is still much more live than hotline. <laughs> but but I mean, there's a life cycle for everything. Infinite timeline. I'm not I'm not, I'm not trying to slag yeah. live journal. It was live journal was instrumental in my. I mean, before I, I, in the same way that like at the end of my live journal journey, mostly is when I got movable type. Well, when Ben Trot got movable type up for me, but like I loved live journal. I mean, there's still so much about live journal. If anybody wants to sit me down for a um what do you call that like uh you know one of those user profile or user um oral histories they call yeah no but i mean in the sense of like why has nobody gotten privacy 
of a given message to the degree that LiveJournal got it. It could be for the world. So like they had, they had table stakes, right? They had, this message is visible by anybody in the world who has a web browser. Okay, this message, particular post rather, is visible by your friends. This, you've created a, a, a friends group called Best Friends with five people and they can see it. Or if you don't mind a little bit of clicky, draggy pull down menu, you can make this post visible to one person. Like, I mean, if you, if you can get to like a Unix level of permissions about this, I, I'm probably not using that term correctly, but you know what I mean? There should, I, I would love for there to be that level of privacy. If I were starting from scratch with it, with whatever I was doing, one of the first, one of the early things, once we had a prototype that did something like, but like the spec from the beginning should include extensive levels, not even privacy, but visibility. Let's call it visibility. Visibility to certain groups or people should be there from the beginning, let alone stuff like destroy this after a certain amount of time, et cetera, et cetera. But like, you know, it takes a ge each generation of social media learns a hard lesson that the previous one should have learned. Right. And, and hopefully there are elements of Twitter falling apart that will become useful to people in designing the next thing. And then that just keeps going. Oh, that's, that's the thing you're describing is exactly the type of thing that a project like Mastodon is the, on, the only thing that can do something like that, because it's not like any VC funded mm -hmm. company is ever going to do the things you describe, because that's just like, oh, it's too complicated. It stops no, us that's, from that's why Every app that you, you treasure for its, like, like with us, it was that, that app that would show you your, lo show your location to like, in my case, just Madeline, like I'm with the baby at Lucky. <laughs> you know, that's where we are. I didn't have to post anything, but they eventually wanted to be more like Foursquare. And like that became this, that started out as one of those Tim, Tim Cook style, well, enjoy this for the next year before it goes away. Sorry, I interrupted you. But you, and just for Mike, just so I know, is Mastin on something where you like, you get a repo and put it up on a server? Like, is it, is it, is it like, is it, let me ask you this. Is it like um, MediaWiki in that sense? Is it like you get the software and run it and you update it? you update it from the same repositories that everybody else has? Is yeah, it's, just, it's just a piece of software that you can download for free and you have to find a way to run it. It is slightly non-trivial to run, but they have things that make yes. it easier, like containers and all sorts but, of but stuff. But you like get that. what I'm saying, though. But like, when if something giant came along, whether that's a zero-day or a feature, that gets rolled into the instance in the same way that you would update. But you would have Debian. to update it. It's like running WordPress, But it would be like right? Debian. It would be like, well, more like Debian probably, right? No, it's like WordPress, exactly okay. like WordPress, because like WordPress is a thing that you can run on your own server. And if yes. there's some kind of security exploit in WordPress, you've got to go update your WordPress. And that's why things like Squarespace come <sighs> along, because you don't want to update WordPress. You want someone to do it for you. That used to, it used to drive me nuts that it wouldn't automatically install. I imagine it's for legal reasons. But when I was on WordPress.com or WordPress regular, it used to drive me crazy that I would have to do all that manually. The extensions and the the core. Yeah, I mean, but that's kind of a feature of it because you, it, since it's open source, it can be forked and it's not control. Like that's that's what makes it so that one person isn't controlling this because whoever is is working on Mastodon, it's an open project that other people can fork and do whatever they want with and make a and there's the activity pub protocols underneath it. So you can have other services that follow the same protocol, but that aren't Mastodon and it's a whole thing, but like the, mm -hmm. that kind of project where it's just a bunch of people sort of scratching their own itch and doing what they think is important is exactly how you get stuff like LiveJournal, right? How you don't get stuff like LiveJournal is VC funded company like Twitter, right? You're never going to get those features in that type of product because it's just, it's right. too, well, too you're narrow. Put, to, to, to quote my grandmother, you're putting your candle under a bushel basket. 
Like everything needs to be out here where everybody can see it. And that leads into our MAUs. And yeah, it has to be simple enough and, you know, can't be too fidgety yes. and has to be easily understandable and has to, you know, has to be a smooth onboarding ramp and blah, blah, all the things that I say that are negatives about Mastodon. It's because, I mean, Mastodon has its own set of features that are weird that are like that. Uh, some of them actually do overlap with what you're just describing, but it's like, well, it's it reflects the interests and priorities of the people who made this particular thing, right? And Activity Pub itself, that standard, it reflects the ideas of the people who came up with that standard and there's other software that follows it. So we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Yeah. Like, yeah, one absolutely. of the things I'm most interested about it is kind of, you know, again, I had my account since 2017 too, and I would peek at it occasionally, but like, like with App.net, being uh, involved in a software protocol internet ecosystem when it is youngish and mm -hmm. seeing it develop and potentially having an influence over that development both through your behavior and participation but also in sort of your lobbying of the people who make the client applications right because i'm already complaining about all the client apps to all the people who are making them and saying i wish it did this <laughs> i wish it did that right That's are you no honestly are you contacting people I mean, I, I post about like it on Mastodon. Feedback. Oh, I see. To, to your point about people only talking about Mastodon and Mastodon, where am I going to complain about no, Mastodon? No, I'm so, I understand. I can, no, I complain about fine. Mastodon. Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. Um, do, uh, do you have any... I, 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 I despise when people ask me this kind of question, so I will apologize in advance. Have you any updates from that from the time of that ATP episode till now? Are you leaning more heavily? Do you like... Well, like, for example, I should just also clarify that you and I differ in what we like in a Twitter app. So I imagine we'll probably want something. Did you find one that um, fills all your needs, unified timeline, the stuff that you like? Absolutely not. They all anger me. <laughs> I just I just keep <laughs> rotating through them trying to find one. I'm like, I can't believe like and again, I have I understand that my needs are not the same of most users needs, but like. Boy, it's frustrating. Yeah, I bet you could make that, and it would not be. I'm no, not going to say it, not that hard. But it's way like, harder than you think it is. <laughs> why? Why? What makes it harder? I think because it's it's a it's a actually a fairly complicated application. You're you're communicating with the server. Are you doing API calls in certain kinds of views? I mean, like, yeah. I'm sorry, just I'm, I'm I'm trying to avoid using that word when I talk to people, but it seems I mean, like if there's an API and it's all there, right, but isn't just, it mostly you know, about your interaction model? Making an iOS application that communicates with a potentially unreliable and slow API on the web and presents a fairly yeah. complicated uh, UI for it and, and remains responsive is not as easy as you think it is. I don't mean the server. I mean I mean a, a client app. That's what I'm saying. Yes, okay. you communicate. Okay with the server your client software communicates with the server and has to present a ui and has to remain responsive in the light of servers that may be cranky especially recent mastodon ones and like it's there's a reason there there were tons of twitter clients and now there's not as many and part of it is obviously twitter screening and third-party things but like the good ones go to the top because they're made by developers who are good at making apps like this making a twitter client or a mastodon client i mean i'm not saying it's like making photoshop but it is not as simple as you think it is it is, mm -hmm. for example, it is substantially more complex than either of the no, apps that I, I, I made. You, so you far. don't have to persuade me. I, I, I know so little, and I absolutely trust what you're saying. Yeah, Mastodon. Uh, it looks like an elephant. It's cute. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's easy to make an okay client, and there's lots of okay clients, but to make a good one is tough. And so I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping these young ones. There's lots of okay ones and some kind of almost good ones, but they are all young, and I hope some of them develop into being really good ones. Yeah. Okay. Well, see you on Mastodon at at at. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you say atat -A or at at i think you say atat -A right i do not i say at 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 for sure huh because i, I say at st what do you think i of thought that? i heard mando say referring to the thing that was running into the village as an atst i don't care i don't care what mando does what does he know what he knows john is this is the way yeah uh, uh, <laughs> these are the names developed on the playground in elementary school so that you know is at at and at st wow yeah 
That's not um, uh, and it was the okay. Atari 5200 and the Atari 7800. They just keep adding 2600s to it, huh? I don't know. And then the, it's, uh, it's uh, Dan Egan. He plays, uh, 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 Reed Scott plays Dan Egan. He is the most uh, Elon-like on that show. Oh, I see what you're saying, Dan. You favorited the post where he made the, the colon uh, open bracket from the first season. Oh, that's so funny. I love that actress that plays the congressman or whoever that he works for. Dan Egan, uh, Amy Brookheimer. You know Tom James. You know they got House. House is on there. Did you mm-hmm. watch Veep when yep. it was on? George Doing Veep? the American accent. He does, you know, his his accent on Veep, no shade, no limited. I'm a huge Hugh Laurie fan. Hugh, Hugh, huge. <laughs> I love The Night Manager. I love Fry and You're Laurie. You're a huge Hugh Laurie fan. You... <laughs> um, Peacock has SNL, and they have old SNLs. Mm-hmm. And part of my weekend, I, I was going back and like, and I'm that guy who's like, hey, you know, oh, you. everybody says, oh, SNL isn't as good as it used to be. SNL was never as good as it used to be. Get over it. it. But It's funny sometimes, and there's good sketches. Let's move on. But I did see an episode hosted by Chevy Chase from the second season after he had left with musical guest Mr. William Joel, Dr. William Joel. Mm-hmm. And he did um, did the Catholic song, um, Only the Good Die Young. <laughs> the that Catholic guy. song? That's how you, Catholic that's how you Catholic girls start too late. Sooner or later it comes down to faith. I know the lyrics. I'm Might just saying. Might as well be the one. The- the way that it's it, a song about having sex with a Catholic girl, is it not? Show it's me a about not having sex with a Catholic girl. <laughs> you do that. You do that. You slept on a mat. You Catholic mats have too many Johns. I saw so much cocaine. I saw a original vinyl printing of Glass Houses at the thrift store this weekend. That was the first cassette I ever bought with my own money. Offer Lena. I love glass houses. And my kid, for my kid's birthday, he got a um a copy of uh, fr- friend gave him a copy of the stranger. How cool is that? On vinyl. You know what's terrible about uh glass houses? If you could just pull up that uh that record There's cover right now. A lot that's terrible about glass. Oh, about the fact okay, um I can't do it off the dome. What I'm remembering is William Joel in like a leather jacket and wearing gloves is throwing a rock at a modern house, and then on the back it's William Joel standing there, probably in a knit tie like behind broken glass. That's my memory. Okay, I'm going now. So, so mark that. And now I'm going to go to glass. I'm clicking. We're just looking at, we're just th- talking about the cover now, not the back cover. I know, but he's cover. with his right hand, he's throwing a rock, correct? Yeah, yeah. So Okay, the, I do remember that. Okay, the, I'm going the right real, now. Like the thing, I don't understand. It's the 70s or whatever the hell this was. Early 80s, late 70s? It was, it was probably 80, yeah. Yeah, so. Because it, it was it was his response to Punk and New Wave. Are you, are you looking at this picture now, the cover? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I understand. Okay, yeah. The here, person's got the reflection. idea. Here, yeah. Right. It's on the nose. The thing is called glass houses. We're going to put you and the, the, old, the old saw goes: people who live in glass houses should throw rocks. Is the right. phrase. And so they decide. All right, get dressed up in your all your cool Billy Joel stuff, and we're going to have this you is stand. What he's wearing when he rode his motorcycle in the rain. Yeah, we're going to have you stand with your legs apart so we can see the reflection of you between the arch made by your legs, and you're going to be holding a rock like you're going to throw it at the house. Right. Yep. That's the idea. They go. They go here. They go to this house uh, to to do the photo shoot. This is the one they chose for the cover. Have you ever seen someone who does, who looks less like they are about to throw a rock in your entire life? He's well, posing. He, he looks for like a he photo. might be tired from holding this position for twenty minutes. He's he, like he he looks like he's posing for a photo. And the photographer saying, "Hey, hold your, hold your arm up. Okay, move your knee. Okay, go like that." He does not look like he's about to throw a rock. And worse. The reflection looks even less dynamic and less like someone throwing yeah. a rock than the, than the guy. 
Yeah, he's no Perseus. This, this is yeah, so bad. You're there's, right. There's no motion. It's frustrating. In this. There's no tension. This is a bad photo. Boy, but look on the back. Look at that guy. Look at yeah, that guy. The, the back is fine. I mean, you just you got the soft focus picture. What was of, the one the, with the, the most cocaine? There's that one. Is it? Bow, 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 bow. It might be Big Shot. Might be the video that is the most cocainey. <laughs> uh, no pressure. Where he's in the the styrofoam peanuts. Pressure is very cocainey, but like it's the styrofoam um, peanuts of the cocaine. He's drowning in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to call me paranoid. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. You can't hang a graduation on the wall. Mm-hmm. Just FYI. They hang on the wall. They're already there. <laughs> Go down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's my helicopter sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the other thing I was going to say about Billy Joel? My kid's a huge Billy Joel fan. I think partly because of the boys. Everybody should be. Who wouldn't Billy be? Joel's really good. I, I like Billy Joel, and um, it's something Roderick and I have had words about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't even like Springsteen. I don't know how you even talk to that guy. Yeah. And he doesn't like the hold steady. Like, if you don't like Springsteen, no. it's going to be hard to like the hold steady. He also doesn't like all the, the bands that you like that I've never heard of. So I can't judge that. You don't know that. Mm-hmm. You don't know that. He doesn't like Sloan. Well, Eric does. Yeah. We've been talking for an hour and 17 minutes, Billy Joel. Uh, yeah. So anyway. All right. Well, we're going to skip over the middle item. And I just want to ask you if you have anything you want to tell me about Tenet. Oh, you know, um, so I watched Tenet. I made a, made a joke on Twitter where I was, I don't know. I just, uh, watching tw- watching Tenet and like, I, I, this is my third attempt. And, uh, the first time I got up to the teeth by the, the tracks. Oh, sorry. There may be slight spoilers here. No, I'm sorry. There will likely be huge spoilers here if I talk about this at all. But the spoilers will mainly be in the service of showing like how, how much I feel like I really don't actually understand this movie. That's my thesis. So How many times have you seen it? I've seen part of it three times and all of it once out of sitting. And I I had such a funny reaction to it. Well, you know, Nate, um, not Nicholas Cage, Jesus. Christopher Nolan, like, people have even, I'll say I have strong reactions to his movies, right? Like, I have very strong feelings about parts of his movies. And, like, I think he's incredibly gifted. I have a lot to say about Christopher Nolan. I'm incredibly interested in Chris, Christopher Nolan. And yet, I wouldn't call myself a Christopher Nolan fan because a lot of what he does is beautifully done. Not trash, but it's a lot of it's beautifully done. I love, I love the prestige. I love a lot of that stuff. Why am I saying all this? Because in for a dime, in for a dollar with Christopher Nolan. Like, it, I, I think it's maybe a little bit, how about this, John? I think it's the way that, for example, like, I understand why people dislike Wes Anderson. I, I feel like I super understand that. But it's okay with me if you don't like Grand Budapest Hotel, but I really, really, really do. And I like it, arguably, for all the, many of the reasons that you, the imaginary person, don't like it. And I think I'm on the other side of that with Christopher Nolan, where like the log in my eye or his eye with, with some of his stuff, just trust me, bananas. I, I loved, the, I loved, I kind of loved Tenet, and I, I was kind of extremely frustrated with Tenet because even as I was paying like full attention to it, I'm still not really sure it either what they're talking about seems like really hard to understand and believe, or I just didn't get it. It, the, the backwards stuff. I don't know. So you, I mean, I'm kind of, you you liked it. Okay. You liked it. Okay. There's elements of it. I liked a lot, a lot. That actor, the guy, the main guy, the African-American guy, he was fantastic. I loved him. Oh my God. I thought, um, I thought Cedric Diggory was really good for what it's worth. I thought he was very good. 
Um, but you know, you know, there's going to be twist em ups and stuff, but you know, it's, it's no primer. Yeah. That's a good example of a movie that is difficult to understand. Um, you can tell it's a nutritious lack of understanding though, that like, no, no, they know what they're doing here. I can feel, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not sure if you could tell that on first viewing, but I think on, on for primer, yes. primer, what primer has going for it is that I feel like it, um, it successfully engages the viewer and motivates them to want to understand it. Whereas I feel like Tenet doesn't do that as successfully. Well, but, but for reasons I agree, but like one thing with primer and we're, I'm setting aside for a moment because not everything is not everything. I know the guy who made it is apparently a piece of shit. sorry, Jim. Um, but I'm talking about the movie. I'm not talking about him. Let's uh-huh. hold that aside for a minute. Um, and, and we've argued about this before. I, I, I have held it up as if I do understand what hard sci-fi means. And apparently I don't, I mean, I would put this up there with 2001 in terms of like successful hard sci-fi. I've seen the diagrams. I've looked Wait, at you, it all. Oh, you're talking about Primer, yeah. Primer. But what I was going to say about Primer that I, that I think is so good, I mean, like obviously partly for budget reasons, like this thing was, that movie was, the scene when they're near like the fountain with the water, it's just, it's it's so badly done. Mm-hmm. But, and they did what they could, but the writing is great. The story is great. Like it's, it, but you know what it is? The phrase I want to use, John, it's unadorned. Like there's nothing to distract you from paying all of your attention to like, wait a minute. So when he's in the thing, then you got to wait this number of hours. You're not distracted by people running around on the walls of hallways or stuff. It's really, because it's so unadorned, it's very much, Primer, um, it's very much, is it pronounced Primer? Uh, the person who made the movie, the aforementioned uh, terrible person, uh, gave up on trying to get people to say Primer. So now officially it is GIF. called Primer because that's GIF what everybody was calling it, which is okay, a bummer but, for pronunciation, yeah. but it is what it is. But but like, in the, I don't know if you get what I'm saying or agree with what I'm saying, but I think one thing that makes Primer like less it's still very difficult to understand and follow because they're not going to cut your food for you, let alone give it to you with a spoon. Like you're going to have to really pay attention to what's happening. I think I have full confidence that that, that guy or his team, that they knew what they were doing and they had thought it through. And when, once you like look at the diagrams, it helps a little bit. It does nothing to take away from, especially the first watch feeling of primer. And the first time they open up the box in the garage and you're like, what is happening? What does that mean? Right. And, and like, I guess I'm not sure exactly how that aligns with, with, but like Christopher Nolan's got some very big ideas about things. And then like, sometimes it's like, Oh, you know what it is? Think about that joke from Seinfeld, you know, the Superman jokes to when, uh, when, when Jerry's talking about, um, what's his name? Bizarro. That the guy who's like the opposite of Superman, mm-hmm. and like the thing is, you think of, you get into something, you say like, "Oh, he wouldn't say good day, he would say bad night or whatever." And you're like, "Well, that doesn't mean the opposite of like good morning. The opposite of good morning is not bad night. That doesn't make sense. You could say bad morning. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, when we get into the thing with the vehicles going backwards and stuff, and the like footprints and the bullets and all of that, I it's so inventive." And the adornment of his, you know, what he's truly great, I guess him and his brother, I don't know if his brother worked on this one, but like so, such good writing and the, the implementation as with something like Inception is so gorgeous to watch. But then sometimes I'm just like, wait a minute. So what? You got the red team and the blue team and they're on different sides of the glass. And like, I don't, I don't think I'm smart enough to understand this movie. 
Well, some of the ideas intended are just dumb. That's the problem. Like, they're not good ideas. <laughs> well, not, help me out. Not, help me out like, the whole, like, sending... I mean, that, is that how time would work? I think that, we're getting into a bad... Like, it, it, we're getting it, into it, a bad night situation. That, just the car going backwards thing does not make sense. Like... Yeah, that, so, <laughs> what, about the, what about the things getting cold and everything? Uh, versus hot? Yeah, it, it doesn't... Like, the, the movie... Which, wait, wait, wait. Remind me which thing that is. I think there was, like, some situation where things get cold and, instead when they're going backwards instead of hot when they're going forwards. There's all sorts of, like, uh, it's oh, opposite you know why, day. John? Entropy. Yeah, there's all sorts of... Like, that's the problem with, with, with Tenet. Like, it wants to have it ca- its cake and eat it, too. It wants to hand wave away a bunch of stuff that... Like, there are things we know about the world that this movie's like, okay, well, forget that about the world because we're not going to follow those rules pretend the world works like this and now here are our movie rules and it's like mm-hmm. oh, i'm not with you there right but then it also wants to be kind of like but this is actually like a uh we're going to hang our dramatic story on this uh trying to be hard sci-fi premise that isn't really it is like it's it's an uncomfortable mix of hand wavium yes. uh, essentially magic with uh like the the, it also wants to be like primer where it's like but we have this clever idea and look how this clever idea unfolds over the course of the movie it's like you have you don't care how many times you've done that trick you're still gonna have unexpected things unless every single person on your team has been doing that for years and years and years even if they have there's still going to be stuff that's going to be real screwed but, up. Uh, the rules of the movie don't make sense, Solana. They're just they're just dumb. They're not the jumping not into rules. your hand thing. Even I was like, wait, wait a minute. I mean, so they, they, what? Like, the, the, the scene where the person's like, oh, don't think, feel. It's like, oh, is it going to be that kind of movie where it's like, if we think about it for two seconds, it doesn't make I, any I'm sense. You're telling force. us to just feel I, it. But yeah. the rest of the movie, you ask us to think about it's stuff like all Donnie the time. Donnie Yen says, "I am with the force." <laughs> no, yeah, not not a big fan. And I and I like yeah. my, I think my favorite Christopher Nolan movement is Interstellar, which I think does. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 it's balance of uh, like the rules of science and everything never sort of interferes with the plotting of the movie. It's sort right. of right down the middle. And, it's and got it, it is, it does, it is. I mean, like I, I think a little, some of it is a little bit. I mean, it's got its one little is what one conceit at the end with the bookshelves, and it, you either buy that or you don't. Yeah, but like, but like the implementation of that at the end is fascinating. I think, I think two things about that are truly. I'll tell you what, of course, from, apart from the sound, of course, what really stuck mm-hmm. out seeing the trailer for that on a big screen. Did you ever see the trailer for that on a big screen? Yeah. No, and I saw the actual movie on big IMAX. That's one of the one of my it's best got that movie crazy going horn sound that he uses and the what's called the Browning effect or whatever, that thing where music always sounds like the, the it's Mayard going up. reaction, they call it. What's a card? What's it called? No, never mind. I'm making a cookie. I think that's when I think it's when you've got a duck and it, and it gets crispy on the outside. Mm-hmm. There you go. And the mallard effect. Yeah, close. Could you capture that, please? I know that's that's why it's a joke. That's the joke. But I have to say, um, two things I, I love, love, love in that movie is um, I love the way that they handle time, relativity. I guess for like I don't know what it was called, but like the time that you're on that on the planet, mm-hmm. that is so great. I mean, that's just that's just straight up science. That's a good example of sci-fi. It's like we take an but, idea, but it, adds, from, but it from, adds so much to the story. Right, because what they did with the things that they hand wave there are the things that aren't like the the time passing is a real thing. The other parts of the complication of getting people into a situation where we can have the dramatic time passing that's yeah. kind of hand waved a little bit. But that's a that's that's a good example of, of good sci fi where you know there's a fact of science that doesn't really come up in our daily lives for reasons X, Y, and Z. But it's like okay, but if I make a sci fi movie. I can contrive a scenario where this actual real thing from science now has a dramatic effect on the story. And then that, that works. It works for me. It's good. I agree. And the second thing I love, I don't know the name of it, but I like the robot. 
Oh yeah, great, great robot design. Is that Alan Tudyk as well? Alan Alan Tudyk is a fantastic robot on. Uh, um, and, and that's that's one of my favorite parts of that movie is the excellent writing around the interaction with that robot. Always so well, sharp. And the way it origamis its way into different things is so when creative. They have the con- conversation about it, t- turning down the snark level—that's not what they call it—but turning down the level of snark or humor, right? What's the name of it? Inception robot name. It's not Inception. It's uh, Interstellar. What did I say? Oh, geez. It's uh, Tars. T A R S. Okay. Is it Alan Tudyk? It's just like the movie Tar. They should do a crossover. Oh, the, I, I love that actress. She would be terrific uh, in a Nolan movie. I don't know if she has been. Uh, Inception, robot name. What did you say it's called? T-A-R-S. TARS. Okay. All caps. Is it Alan Tudyk? Um, there's also Kip. There's TARS and Kip. TARS. Because um, Alan Tudyk plays a very good robot. Oh, Bill Irwin. I love him. You know who that is? That's Mr. Noodle. He's having problems. He's the first Mr. Noodle. <laughs> Were you not an Elmo family? No. Or is, or is, or no. is Jonas Gruber? We kept, them, we kept Elmo out and we kept Dora out. Oh, well, that's quite, those are and we quite, kept, we kept those the are quite different out. things, John. Mr. Noodle was delightful and he's got a, he's got Mr. Noodle's brother, Mr. Noodle. And then you got Mr. Noodle's uh, sister, Mrs. Noodle. Ms. Noodle, played by Kristen Chenoweth. You got Case, Tars. You missed out on a lot. You and Ben Trot. I used to argue with Ben all the time. Ben hated Mr. Noodle. I adored Mr. Noodle. Now, Ben, you've met Ben. He's very low-key, and he likes Pearl. He's very low-key. When did I meet he... Ben? Who is Ben? Oh, uh, Ben JX, is... JXPX12579. No, that's not Jamie. That's, that's Jamie. Okay. Uh, ben is half of Six Apart Mobile Type. And their, their kid was my kid's Oh, yeah. No, I met, I met them at the thing you did near me, right? Oh. Maybe I didn't know that. No, I don't think so. Ben and Mina, who did Six Park. Okay. Anyway, why are you saying um, I met them then? I don't know because you both do Pearl. He had a Larry Walt quote in his uh, in his uh, email signature hmm. about not knowing the difference between uh, Null and Nan or something. It makes all the difference in the world. Larry Wall, Larry Wall. So does anyone do a, a Nan cat a meme? I feel like I feel like Nan cat has got to be an existing. Is meme. that the uh, Pop Tart uh, Rainbow Cat? Yeah, N Y A N is the is the the rainbow cat thing, but N A N, not a number cat, should be a thing. Not a number cat. So, how many lives would it have? Yeah, no, it would have no lives. That's, that's what the, the joke. <laughs> Divide by zero. 